When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Normally, when I open uh, sort of my podcast, I have this kind of uh, scene setting. Uh, but I think in your case, I'm just going to say, "Welcome to Harp School." <laughs> That's nice. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, because normally it comes out with I could go with like iconic social media um, icon again, and then just something icon again, or I could just go straight to it. Really, so I think that I think it's quite I think it's quite apt if I could just say simply Harp School. That's cool, man. That that means a lot as well because I don't really know how to take that comment. <laughs> but like, it's it's a good question, really, because when I was like, um, I was looking, um, I was just kind of like reading up a bit of a bit of research and stuff, and I was really finding it difficult to kind of what 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 is your kind of your area in terms of specialism? Because like, you've got radio, TV, uh, programming. There's just uh, social media. You got there's so many different bows to your career in terms of and, and where and the space that you facilitate now you know mm. what how would you best kind of describe yourself a good question actually to be honest um I feel like as time's gone on things have just kind of branched out a little bit way more than I actually expected as well to be honest I don't think I realized so many things would happen just from one little thing and usually that's how things start anyway, right? You've got to start somewhere and then you build yourself up. So I think for me, it's just been very, very fast paced. So I don't really know how to answer the question itself, how I'd describe myself. But what I can say is, you know, when people say they're living in the fast lane, I literally am living in the fast lane. And I don't realize it. Sometimes I think my life's just going by so quick because I'm so busy all the time. It's just, it's mad. It's, I, I, yeah, it's mad. I think that from the people that I follow, I can echo yeah. that. Is that like between you and Ravita Panu, like who puts up the most posts? And I like, you know, it's just like proper look at it. And I was like, 
I can't keep up, man. I just like I just simply <laughs> I, I can't keep up in terms of like how is it how yeah, is yeah, it, yeah. How's it attracted? But like I know that first question is a little bit more like a job interview kind of question. But, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna back away from that. So um, <laughs> in terms of like uh, how you, I think again like a bit of a unique situation where you're like you're not even in the same kind of uh population of where all the desis live you were like from like Huddersfield to come out <laughs> come out of like there's a lot of Huddersfield people I know but like you've you've kind of um put your head above the parapet there you've you've started out in your career up north and then to be mm-hmm. kind of almost headhunted from from that sort of stories from what I've learned you kind of got headhunted to kind of encouraged to go forward towards the BBC is that right? Yeah, kind of. There's a bit of truth in that. Um, being your average girl from Huddersfield does seem a little bit like, how on earth did she make it this far? How did she, like, do what she's done? Um, I could go into that in depth. Obviously, it's a lot of hard work and effort, a lot of time, effort, blood, sweat and tears, all of that. But um, how do I describe this? I never, ever expected to be where I am today. Never. That I can openly say. I'm thankful. I'm obviously very grateful to be in the position that I'm in. But I had big dreams when I was younger. I always dreamt one day I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on camera, one day I wanna be on the radio, one day I wanna be on stage. I used to speak those things into existence, but only because I used to find it I used to find it banter. Like when I was younger, if I take myself back to like school days, college and uni, and people used to ask me, What do you wanna be when you're older? I'd be that person in my circle of friends who'd just laugh about it. I'd be like, watch me one day when I make it like here, here. But it wasn't, it was never a serious thing. I never really sat down and focused going, this is what I want to do and that's where I'm going to be. And it didn't, it didn't kind of pan out like that. But I always knew I was born to do something in the arts because education for me was difficult. I don't think I was, I wasn't the brightest kid in school. You know, I wasn't, not because I didn't want to, I'm just one of those kids that, you know, did struggle to focus on the books. I was much, much better at practical. I'd get a first in like doing things that were practical, physical things. I'd be like top of the class. But when it came to like writing and reading and sitting in an exam, I'd struggle so much. So I never panned out for it to work out the way that it did. But I knew that my my talent, my skills and what I actually do shine in actually lie elsewhere. Um, but it took a while for me to understand that, if I'm honest. It took me a while to to see that's what I'm made for. But like you've obviously had like an internal conversation with yourself to like narrow down your skills and say this is my pathway. Um, yeah. You know, I, I could kind of empathize a little bit because I always thought I was going to be on the big breakfast at one stage, you know, like Johnny Vaughan and stuff. And then it's never like, too like, late, Ricky. It's never no, too no, late. Life kicks it. No, I think. <laughs> The simple fact is I can't get up that early now, so it just <laughs> that, that's out of it. Yeah, um, take it from me. I no, don't, no, don't know how I wake up early. The, yeah, that's that's <laughs> later down the line, four a.m. like calls. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you've obviously had this internal conversation with yourself. You've you, you know you you've got that kind of pathway, your desire, your dream to get to where it is. But it's not like the regular kind of conversation or this kind of way of upbrow movement to go towards into that. How did you kind of breach that subject with your your family to say that like, this is an area that I'm going to go in? And because like, what's the what are the role models ahead of you? Probably just what really Sonia Dio maybe at that yeah. time. Um. So um, how did how did you how did you break breach that subject? 
I do get asked that question quite a lot, to be honest. And it's a fair question because I know a lot of people, especially from our background and our culture, don't want to know the answer to because they won't understand it. They, they won't get how did it happen? Is it okay? I have family all right. Like, and, and I know that a lot of people out there will probably think those things as well. You know, just whilst they start watching and seeing the things that I do, they probably do question like, how did she get there? How did the how how did her family allow certain things to happen? Well, the truth is. When I first realized this is what I want to do, you know, I want to work in radio, I want to work in TV. I didn't know much about it. I didn't know the technical sides to anything. I just knew that's where my interest lied. That's, those are the kind of things that, put, you know, drew me in. And, and I used to get excited by, uh, about it. So when I knew, okay, you know what, I'm going to put my head, I'm going to put my mind to it now. And that's when I went to uni, not before that. None of this existed before I went to uni. But when I had to decide what to do there, that's when I had the serious chat with my family because all my life through my education, I felt like I'd always done things to please them, what they wanted me to do. You know, my dad always wanted me to go into business. It's what my dad does. You know, we've got a family business, you know, go into business studies. Why don't you do something like this? And I always used to be like, dad, just because you shine in it and you do bloody well in it doesn't mean I've got the same sort of brain as well because I don't. And sadly, I don't, you know, even if I wanted to, Sometimes I do think, even if I had to do that for my dad, you know, like imagine I did take that step. I don't think, I don't think I'd do well in it anyway. I think I'd let him down because I don't have, I don't have those skills. I'm not built with, you know, the the kind of mindset that he has. But throughout high school and college, I did do those things to please him. But when it got to uni, I remember looking at the list of courses, just thinking, I'm so lost. Like, what, what do I want to do? Like, where, where can I excel? And then half of my brain would be set, you know, would be going, Hearts, you know, your dad's got a point. You need something that, you know, you definitely know you're going to get a job in, you're going to excel in, you're going to do well, you'll be successful, you'll make good money, all of that. But then the other side of my brain was going, but you don't like it. You don't enjoy it. You know, don't you want to do something that you actually enjoy and maybe just give it a go, try it. And it's one of those things you never know until you do try it. So I took the risk and I remember going home and saying, I want to do media studies. And they didn't, they didn't like, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't looked down upon. It wasn't, my family weren't very like, they weren't negative. I wouldn't say it was that. I'm quite lucky in the sense that they were quite understanding. But I think they couldn't really grasp why I wanted to do it. So I did get those questions a lot. What's the job going to be? What do, what are you actually going to be when you finish? You know, it's hard because you're, you're an Asian female. You're a Punjabi girl. How do you know where you're going to get to? You know, it's harder. You don't see many Desi people doing this. Those were the kind of things I kept hearing. You don't see many people do this. You don't see many people do that. And I remember those kind of comments used to really irritate me because that's what gave me the fuel to prove people wrong. That's why I do what I do because in my head it was like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong then. I want I want to try and go out there and show that I can do this. You know, it gave me more aggro to kind of just prove people wrong and I don't want to say that that's the mission I was on you know just to just to tell people I'm right but yeah it was a part of it you know I'm gonna admit there was a part of me inside going I'm I'm gonna change things then I want to change that mentality so they allowed me to do it you know I got questioned a lot throughout my whole course over the years you know where what you're gonna do what's your job gonna be I don't know at the time I didn't know I was like I don't I can't promise you I'm gonna be you know the biggest TV presenter I can't I can't promise you that, but I'm going to give it my best. Um, but if, so when if I, it, sorry. No, 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 no. I was just going to go on to, you know, looking up <laughs> to people that you mentioned. Like, those are the only names. 
Sonia Dior was a massive inspiration to me because she's the only she was the only brown girl I heard on radio and doing little bits on TV when I was younger. I didn't see anyone else doing it. And I'd get excited, you know, just like we do when you see an Asian person on TV, you're like, oh my God, like, look, look, look. Press that, record. That's the, yeah, that's the kind of reaction we have. We take our phones out or, you know, whatever it is. But those kind of moments were very rare back then. Very, very rare. And it was only her. It was Connie Hook maybe on TV that I saw here and there on Blue Peter. Um, from what I remember. And that was it. But I just remember having those chats with my mom when I'd see Sonia Diol on TV. I still remember there was an interview she did with Rahad Fadeli Khan on TV. It was on the red button. Can't even remember how old I was. Very young. I was probably about 14, 15 at the time. Sat there. Mom was watching it. And I said, Mom, one day I want to do what she's doing. And she was like, OK, OK. Like, you know, they don't take it that seriously at the time. She was like, ha, ha, you know, you will, you will. And I was like, no, but I, that's exactly what I want to do. And it's mental to me now, obviously, you know, I'm skipping a few chapters here and we can get into that later, but it's mental to me now that that day when I was about 14, 15 watching her, skipping forward to when I was 18 and I got a bit of work experience at Asian Network and I, only, I was only there for about three, four weeks, I think, and I got to shadow her show and I was watching her do the breakfast show then. Um, and still, I was clueless about radio, didn't know the ins and outs of it. I just used to get excited by it. I used to sit there watching her going, wow. And now, you know, fast forwarding even further, when I got to the age of 27, I got the weekday breakfast show. And it's mad that I can now actually say I'm sat in her seat. I'm sat where she actually was. And that does not happen to a lot of people. And that to me is not just a dream come true, but it's kind of like a massive achievement. I don't ever want people to think it just happens. Things like that don't just, they don't just happen to people. Because if it did, Loads of people would be having those kind of moments, you know, it'd be happening every day. But a lot of hard work, effort, dedication and drive goes into it. And passion, number one. If I didn't have the passion for wanting to do what I always wanted to do, I wouldn't be sat here right now. But I just want to say that it's mad that, you know, people that I looked up to once had a seat where I'm actually in that chair now. And I, I still have to pinch myself when I say it out loud because it's, it's mad. Yeah, it's like it's playing obviously the those affirmations that you were saying like was that yeah. that positive reinforcement that you're saying all the time. But like, do you feel like your parents were coming? Obviously, they uh, they're coming from a position of trying to protect you and have those insurances in place. Do you think that there's enough people who encourage their, their kids to take some of those risks? I mean, like you you've gone into into media. I ended up doing a bloody politics degree at Nottingham Trent, so I was like. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like no one had done politics before, and all I used to get is, used to, you know, what are you trying to be the next prime minister? And I was like, I ain't got, I ain't got a clue. I literally yeah. have a clue. But so, like, do, do you think that there is enough risk that people take? Not, not at all. Not at all. And I'll tell you why. Because just going back to my story there, when I did get onto doing this course. And, you know, like I mentioned over the years, I kept getting asked, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It got tiring. It got draining. You know, they didn't understand that I'm, I, I can't give you a promised answer of what I'm going to be when I come out of here. So there were parts of me inside that used to think, well, whilst I was on the course, have I made the right decision? And I did used to doubt myself. I used to sit there doubting because, and it's, it comes back to what you're saying. It's the risk taking. I took a massive risk and I did because at the time, I never, I never saw the people doing what I did. I didn't see Desi people, you know, on the course. I was the only Indian person on the course. There was no other Asian person in my uni. 
you know, so that in itself says a lot. That in itself says everything. I was the only Indian girl on that course that leads Trinity studying what I did. And when I came out and I graduated, obviously, you know, your parents are proud. You've got your graduation. You know, you've you, you've got that picture on the wall that all That's our families and they need that picture in a frame to to be like, yeah, you know, sadikurikosh <laughs> banigia. Like that, they need that regardless what the course of degree actually is they just need that picture to say yeah she's worked hard she's all right now but when that did happen and I was I'd moved back home after uni I got told you know after my after my degree I'd be straight into a job you know these kind of things will help you straight into a job I didn't so I then decided to do a postgrad so I went to do my master's for a year they promised me after that you know you know you'll go straight into something because this is extra skills and all of that I didn't get a job. I was actually out of a job, believe it or not, Ricky, for six years of my life. I had no income whatsoever after graduating. And when I tell people that, they don't believe me. No, I bet you did something. I didn't do anything apart from voluntary radio. I went to the station that I did a bit of work experience on because we had to get work experience during my course. Station called Fever FM, which I'll never forget. You know, it plays a big part in my life. It's where it all started. They let me do a show. They, you know, after my work experience ended, they let me carry on. And I was there for six years. Didn't get paid. Just out of pure fun because this is what I liked to do. I enjoyed it. And every day my mom and dad would be like, what are you going to do now? We told you not to do this, blah, 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 you know. And I was adamant. I was like, no, I'm going to make sure something happens out of this. I didn't just study for four years of my life to not get anything or not get anywhere. You know, but in the background, yeah, I did a bit of a, a bit of freelance work. You know, I fell into news because I did broadcast journalism as my postgrad, and those were the kind of easy shifts that I did get. But I don't want to be in news. I never wanted to be a news reporter. I don't want to be at radio stations doing the bulletins. And I did that for about two, three years, and unfortunately, didn't make a lot. You know, making peanuts, traveling up and down the country, doing stupid hours in something that I just really didn't like. And my key thing in this no matter who I speak to whenever I talk about my journey and I'm gonna I'm gonna emphasize on emphasize it again now I am a strong believer of doing things in your life that you enjoy please like whoever's listening to this or watching or whatever right now please don't ever think that you've got to spend the rest of your life just doing what other people want you to do or pleasing them. And I'm not saying go out of your way and be spiteful or hurt people. You don't want to do that. Nobody wants to hurt their family and friends and their close ones. Not what I'm saying. But I can't imagine, because this is the type of person I am, I can't imagine waking up every day dreading to go to work. But I, I know so many people like that. I've got friends that are close to me who wake up in the morning and go, oh, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go. I hate it. Or oh, this happened. Everybody has stuff going on at work. I have bad days at work every single day. In fact, if I delved into it, you won't believe how much stress I have just in my work life. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm still enjoying what I do. I love, I live and breathe what I do. And I, it bugs me when people say, oh, I don't want to work here. I don't want to do this. Then you're the person to change it. No one else out there can do that for you. You are the person to change it. And because I really worked hard at it, I proved in the end to my parents, to my family, to my friends, this is what I wanted. I've got there. And you know what? Believe it or not, this is the maddest thing about it. They are my number one fans now. And I never thought I'd say I, I never thought I'd say it. And I never thought I'd see that day. Because when I used to be on local radio, it was just, oh yeah, Amy, I like, you know, she's doing what she's doing, it's a bit of fun, whatever. 
But when you make it to a national platform and then you grow and you grow and you grow and you start ticking off more things on your CV that, you know, you dreamt of, that's, and they start seeing that smile on your face. That's what changed it for me. You know, I started DJing on the side and they didn't, they didn't want me to do that. You know, it's it's a typical thing that guys do. Why are you coming home late? You know, you shouldn't be out this late, blah, all of that. But until they didn't see the pictures and the videos and like evidence of me showing them, mom, look, dad, look, like, you know, the crowd were like this, or this is me, this is my set. And they see how excited you actually are when you're saying it. It doesn't click until then. It doesn't click. Because they don't, they don't get it until you start showing them how happy you are. And that's what the case was for me. I feel like with me, until they realize, you know what? Look how happy it's making her. Look how, look how happy she is when she talks about it. Like, she's so excited. She doesn't stop like I am now. She doesn't stop talking about it. Don't, they are now my number one fans. They never miss the show. They never miss the show. Just listening to you there, it's, like, it's quite clear in terms of like, every time you almost... In, you almost kind of encourage and bring on obstacles, you know, for you to break through. Yeah. And then you're looking for the next one. Do you think in terms of like you, what you were saying there, that for people to, to actually make those things, it's easier to be said because you're, you're, you know, you're at a summit. I'm not going to say you're there because I, I know like what I envisioned, what you can do and where you probably might see yourself that you're closer to the summit that you're able to make those statements because like for a lot of people over the last 18 months, they would have made a lot of decisions or for them to like, you know, this ain't my life. This is, I don't want to be doing like this. Do you think it's easy to say that if you're from a position, from a position of success rather than being inverted from the other way? Mm, I guess so. It probably is because obviously you're in that position, you know, like for me to say that now is a little, it's different because I'm in that position now and I can say I can say that, but success to me is not, it's not everything. Like I don't want people to think it's always about just chasing success and you need to win and you need to be the best at everything and all that. That's not what, that's not what my mentality is. It's got nothing to do with wanting to be the best or wanting to be the biggest. In fact, I'm the opposite. I don't, I don't like that side to my job. You know, if, if I can go into that a little bit later, I don't like that it comes with the package. You know, it's part of the job. It's part of the package, but I don't I don't think success is the first thing that people should think of it's just what makes you feel good about what you want to do what makes you feel good about the things you want to achieve and the, for, for you to be in a position to say statements like that what makes you happy to sit there and say those things those are the kind of things that I think about those are the kind of things that I feel are important in my life and that's the way I make my decisions and I make my next steps because they're just things that I want to do. They're just things that I like to do. I enjoy it. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. Yeah, no, that, I, think, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. I'm just not, not expected to have like, you mm. know, a, a whole discourse on it, uh, in from it. I think that when you look back on successful people, it doesn't have to be met. It depends what you're me- measuring, what's the value, what you're measuring in. Yeah. So whether it's money, fame, or success, happiness, all those kind of things, those are the, the key things for, I was listening to Tyson mm. Fury last night, really, on one uh, on an interview, and he was talking about for him, was success was getting up, uh, taking fresh air in, opening his eyes, not having any yeah. bad news first thing, yeah. And then you could just see that this guy has actually gone through his stages in terms of actually knowing what was success to him, um, mm. and you kind of get those kind of traits because he had his goal setting is really important, you know, yeah, struggle yeah, yeah. the the um, 
the art and the beauties in the struggle to get where you are because that's where you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. in terms of getting mm-hmm. to it so you mentioned like six years of struggle at that point what do you classify as your first big break then to lead on into the BBC um my first big break was when I started DJing I was still on local radio at this point I had a lot of mutual friends that were DJs that's how I learned that you know that's what made me want to do it because I was surrounded by so many people that did it mm. and at the time not a lot of female DJs were about especially not up north not even now not in York. yeah even now but, but now more so than I've ever yeah, seen yeah, to be yeah. fair but you know we've still got a long way to go but I mean back then no one especially up in Yorkshire I'd never heard of any female DJ then so it made me want to do it again makes me want to do it more so I learned um started getting booked for gigs and I then started attending social media. So social media has played a massive, massive part in my career. At that time, you know, Twitter and things like that were very new. I don't think there was Instagram at that point. No, there was just that YouTube and Twitter at the time. And I remember every time I'd do a little mix or I'd done a gig, I'd post it on Twitter. That's the first place I'd tweet something. And I didn't have any following. I was just a random girl from Huddersfield just doing what I'd like to do. But I got picked up by Nihal from... um, well, radio and TV now that you'll know him from. At the time, he was working on Radio 1 and Asian Network. And um, he'd messaged me. He got into my, in my DMs. Couldn't believe it. Had to double check it was a real blue tick and all of that. Um, and he sent me a message. I've still got it because I screenshot stuff like this. I keep stuff like it. I've still got it in my phone. I can't remember it word for word. So don't quote me on it. But it was something like, seen a lot of your work, Harps. I'd love for you to do the last mix for my last show on Radio 1. I was just like, what? Why would you come to me when I'm... Mm. I was no one then. He didn't know who I was. I didn't... I had, like, no following, no, no like, social network that were following me on there either that would, like, you know, pick up on this. There weren't any big big names or brands or anything like that that yeah. followed my work. He just happened to come across what I was doing. So I paused for a bit and I had to really think about it. I was like oh my god like this is a massive opportunity radio one as well like and it's Nahal you know again someone else I'd looked you know I'd looked up to when I was younger so I replied and I was like yeah I don't mind but like what does it need to be like I was so nervous I'm so scared I remember I can't remember how old I was 17 18 something stupid like that and I was like yeah I'll try it so I remember I did it I sent it over and I was absolutely crapping it thinking if he doesn't like this mix, imagine the bassy that would happen after that. On his last that would, show as well. Yeah. And I was like, that would be so bad. Imagine he gave me feedback and said, no, nah, we're not using it. <laughs> uh, yeah, come in next week uh, to meet you and yeah. he's not there. <laughs> Those are the kind of things going through my head. I was like, oh, this, this needs to be good. Yeah, good. I gave it everything. And he was really happy with it. He played it out. I remember sitting, I was still in Leeds then. So um, I remember in my flat, I took out my phone. I had it on full volume and I was just waiting for it to come on. You know, like on Sky, there's nothing you can watch. You're just looking at your name on the screen. Yeah. And I just filmed the whole thing. Like, there was about <laughs> half an hour, 45 minutes on my phone of just this video of just text, but listening to my mix and just yeah. hearing that intro. I just wanted to hear him say my name. And um, I think if that moment didn't happen for me, a lot of other things wouldn't have branched out after that. Because one, it gave me recognition. Two, there were so many people that, you know, that would have listened and thought, oh, there's a new female DJ, like, you know, Stacey, she's from here. They started looking into other stuff that I do. Um, and at the time, like I said, it wasn't a lot. No brummy accent as well. Yeah, there you go. No brummy accent. 
<laughs> it, it plays um, a part. Yeah. I'm from Hansworth. Sometimes if I listen to it, I'm like, oh, not today, for example. <laughs> just put on the, the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like, it was just mad because after that, Nihal actually kept in touch with me for a long, long, long time. And I have a lot to thank him for, if I'm honest, a lot to thank him for because my next big break, again, was a lot to do with him. And that moment would have, wouldn't have happened either if, if I didn't know him, to be honest. So looking back, even at that point, then, was there any sort of key advice that you kind of wish you told yourself at that point? Yeah. Um, don't. I know it sounds really cliche because so many people say this, but when you feel like it's getting to breaking point, don't give in. Because there was a horrible, horrible time of my life during those six years. There was about a year or two in the middle of that. And I really hit rock bottom. I was in depression, I was stressed, I was young, you know, I didn't didn't really understand life as much as I do now. But at the time it was maybe my dad was right. I should have done what he told me to do. You know, I did what I wanted to do and I'm sat at home now not doing anything. He then wanted me to like, you know, you know, why don't you just come with me and work with me for a bit, at least do something. I didn't want to do that. I fell into this horrible, horrible phase of my life where everything was annoying me. I didn't want to do anything and it got worse man I, but only now because I'm old I'm 31 now I see life in a completely different way my perspective is different but back then 21 22 I was just all I kept thinking was I'm so sad I'm like why did I make these stupid decisions in my life when I'm not going to get anywhere you know I should have listened to my family I should have done this should have done that it was always should have done this should have done that um and I started I started getting into this horrible place with my mind and my emotions. And I wish I was strong enough at the time to, to realize that it's not the end of the world because I fell into, you know, a, a, a dark space where you'd want to do silly things. You'd want to do stupid things. And you didn't, you didn't think twice about it. You didn't, you didn't think like, you know, what could be the consequences if I did that or if I did this. It's not the answer. It's mm. not the answer to things. And at the time, I did think it was. It was, I'm not going to get anywhere in my life. I'm a no one. I haven't achieved anything. I thought I was going to get this. I didn't. You know, I'm trying so hard. I did so many things day in and day out. Worked for free all over the place. And kept thinking I was wasting my time. I was being used. And, you know, getting rejections. That another thing. That, that's another thing I would like to tell myself if I could when I was, you know, 10 years ago is... You, everyone will go through a phase where you open up your emails and your inbox is full of no, 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 or you're not good enough for this, or maybe next time, good luck next time, all of that kind of stuff. I got so much of it at one point. It does drive you mad because you start to question yourself, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get what somebody else has got? Why can't I do what they're doing? Why am I not as good as this person? You constantly compare yourself to the world, the people around you, society, all this stuff crams in your head. And I was like that for a good two years. And I started throwing things in my room. I started breaking things. That's not me. Like when I look back now, that's not me. I, I, that's not the person that I saw in, my, you know, saw in the mirror. If I looked at myself now, I, I hate thinking back to those times. And I still have days like that. Everybody does, you know. But back then, I just wish I was a bit stronger. So if anyone ever does get to breaking point and, you know, and you want to throw it all away and you think everything's a waste of time, actually it's always a blessing in disguise and I've learned that the hard way I really really have like everything that I was doing in those six years if I didn't do it 
I wouldn't be here. I'm telling you that now. All the mm. stuff that I experienced, all the things that I did for free, all the skills that I picked up in the places I didn't want to be, that was important. Learn things from the places that you don't like. Learn how to deal with situations that you don't want to be in. Learn how to, you know, communicate with people that you really struggle communicating with because they're not your type of people or they're not your, you know, in certain workspaces that I didn't like working in. At the time, I used to think, what an absolute waste of time. Like, you know, they're treating me like this or they're treating me like that and I don't enjoy it and I don't enjoy this. But actually, I've learned, I've learned now that I've learned so much through every single step that I went through because now I know how to deal with it. If I didn't go through any of that, how would I cope now in a, in a much bigger world that I'm in right now? I would break. I'd break straight away on day one. Mm. I wouldn't be able to hack what's coming my way now. Absolutely not. So, is that come I know down to is does that come down to in terms of like the maturity of dealing with pressure, but also at the same mm. time is that there's a you've also got this. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think back and being in your situation. Really, you're in you're up north. You in some ways isolated from your media opportunities because everything's probably down in Birmingham and London um your peers are potentially in relationships getting married doing Mm. all these kind of things and there's you just swimming against the tide on virtually every single direction self-doubt is just going to naturally come into play regardless of how how tough you are or whatever you think that that, you know whatever kind of perception you have in there Do, do do you still have that little bits of the um the uh the remnants of that um trickle effect of balancing your your personal culture your work-life balance all of those things in uh, you know nowadays if you re- if you want the honest honest answer ricky i think i struggle with that now more than ever more than ever you know what i just said was i've, I've learned certain things and i've developed on certain things you know that I went through but it doesn't mean that I've got over it and it doesn't mean that you know I don't have my bad days but if I was to answer that question truthfully hand on heart I think over the past year or so especially maybe it's to do with a little bit you know with the pandemic the way the world is right now it has played a massive effect on everyone in different ways maybe that is why I'm finding it harder but I definitely can say that i struggle more now than ever before and I don't know if it's part of growing up I don't know if it's part of you know there's new chapters of your life as you progress in your career just in general anyway like you know work's going to carry on but you forget that you're not just this person who's in the public eye you also have a life as well you know you are I am a human being I do everything that everybody else does but that's that's the hardest part of what I do balance balancing what I do is the most difficult thing I've ever experienced in my life if I'm honest it's just balancing work balancing stress balancing life health family friends jobs other opportunities everything all of this around you is just is constantly there but when you try and focus on just one direction it's impossible to not think about the rest of it it's just so hard. I, I really struggle with that. I really struggle with not taking my emotions into certain spaces. And I've I've done that a lot in the past. Not intentionally, obviously. You know, sometimes I'll, you know, maybe I've had a bad day and something bad's happened or I'm sad about something or I'm hurt about something. And I go into work, for example, 
my job is so hard as it is. It's very intense. I know what people see, it looks like it's all mm. fun, glam and everything. But that's because that's what I show you. I don't show you everything else behind the scenes. I don't show you my life every day or every two seconds. You know, but you've got to remember, this is the only way I can kind of explain it to someone who doesn't really grasp what I mean is, imagine now I've woken up at 4 a.m., but the night before I've had the worst time. Let's say something happened in life. I don't know. It could be anything. I'm hurt about something. I'm sad about something. I've cried maybe the night yeah. before. I'm carrying a lot of pain, you know, in my chest or on my on, on my mind. I've woken up at early hours of the morning, which first of all is so hard in itself. Just waking up at that time is not easy. I've been doing it for six and a half years. I still don't find it easy at all. Now I'm going into work, and now I've got to remember I'm waking up the nation. I am waking up the nation for four hours on the radio and I've got to be in the best mood. Now you've got to think, how does one person balance life and work at the same time without it showing to anybody else out there? You will never have a clue what I've just what I'm going through on a daily basis. You won't know what's happened to me the night before. You won't know what's happened to me on the morning. You won't know how I'm feeling during the show because I won't show you that. Mm. And I can't show you that. Because that's my job my job is not to show you that. But it's sad that sometimes people forget that actually I am just a human being and I have my struggles. You know, I battle with things as well. Um, you know, just that like everybody else does. But it's it's hard. It's harder for me right now because I've got to try and make sure that balance is always there because sometimes I can go into work and people might think I am a bit different mm. or I'm a you know I'm a bit off today. I'm a bit sad. Are you, you all right? But you're human but I'm human yeah but it's it's hard to keep up that energy so I'm not gonna lie I really truly appreciate and I feel very overwhelmed sometimes when I see and hear people's comments and feedback no matter where it is whether it's in person whether it's on the show whether it's on you know my social media on comments wherever it is when I see the words or hear the words from people saying I love your energy and don't know where you get this energy from because I get these comments a lot mm. I feel very overwhelmed, but in a nice way, just that, you know what? I'm trying so hard sometimes. There's different masks. Yeah, to to get through my day. And it's nice to know that people see that energy. And I'm going to get a little bit upset now, but it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I kind of get that. I mean, like, I I think from when I first met you a few years ago, really. And and then um, I've always kind of said that you've been very consistent it's very difficult to be consistent because if someone is fake that you could see it slipping mm. and if someone's consistent you know definitely either they're supremely talented or yeah. like you know that they've found a coping mechanism to do that yeah, yeah, yeah and what always kind of disturbs me is when sometimes when you're putting up stories or people put up stories about yeah when you've just asked for a break you need like a mental break but also, I think um, I used to listen to Chris Moores quite heavily. Um, it's like, you know, the big breakfast I already kind of said. So mm. morning morning stuff always used to entertain me because I used to have a long trip to go in. Yeah. But do you think people just fall into this this sense that they've, of like property, like they kind of own you because you you were, you were you're waking them up, you're in their cars, you're in their homes and this time. So like they have that expectation constantly and that, human side of it is just such an easy thing to kind of forget and when you might even get criticized when you come out on social media say look um i'm just I'm going through a bit of bad mental health at the moment just need a little bit of a break they're like what you mean you have you've got mm. everything going for you how dare you 
do, yeah. do you do you still feel do you think that's getting more and more because people are having this kind of instant gratification the instant access to the to people who they kind of follow it's getting harder and harder to actually say listen guys just you need to just back up a little bit yeah it's definitely got harder and I think every day will get harder and what scares me is it doesn't matter how much more I achieve or you know things that I want to do to grow I'm scared that it will get harder and that terrifies me every day because it's something I can't deal with that's something like even now I'm getting really welled up because I really struggle with this part of my life I really struggle in fact you know what you put it in the perfect words there you 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 said that you know do you feel like sometimes people have the sense that they own you and they because you've got a certain expectation and you've got you know certain things to do for for people in different areas no matter what it is whether it's radio or tv people forget that you're not you're not a puppet on a string I'm not here just to entertain the world for the rest of my life and that's it you know I like I keep saying people have lives too and it doesn't matter how much I show you on social media or how much I show you in public or you know it doesn't mean I'm living my best life and of course I'm living my dream I'm admitting I live my dream but I've worked very hard for it I've I've put in everything I could to be where I am but sadly, what I've realized as I've got older is it's just going to get harder. And that's the bit I don't like about what I do. And I'm open about it. I'm so honest about it. I always have been. You know, just recently, I've deleted my TikTok. I can't handle it. Okay. I can't handle it. I've recently just done that. Not that long ago, I came out and I said it. And I don't come out and do stories like that that often. It's not me. But that day really irritated me. And I thought, you know what? I can't. I can't I can't wake up every day of my life just reading crap from people that think it's okay to do that. Now, at the beginning of this chat, I mentioned that social media played a big part in my life. And it did. But you know what the do you know what the, the weirdest, strangest thing is? The same thing is what's making my life right now so difficult. And I wish sometimes that it didn't exist. If I had a choice not to be on social media, I would not be on it. I'm only on it because I have to be on it. It's my job now. My job is to entertain people. My life isn't. My life isn't to entertain people. My life is to live, right? My job is to show people what I do and so that you can interact with me and engage with me and see what I do. That's why I need these platforms. But I'm struggling to understand how there are still people in this world that have this weird mentality of I can say whatever the hell I want to someone because I'm sat behind the screen. I can't stand social media keyboard warriors. I can't stand people that are so brave to come out with certain comments that they think is fine because no one's going to say anything to them because no one's can no one can see them, no one can find them, no one's going to actually run up to your door. We don't know who you are. I can't stand these kind of people, and I'm going to keep saying it. And I know I rant about it. And I'm going to probably be angry now as well. I'm going zero to one hundred, but I can't, can't. I just can't grasp why there's people like this out there. You have no idea how much of an impact you make on people's mental health. You have no idea how one comment can destroy someone's sleep, someone's, someone's day from start to finish, someone's, you know, really important time in their life maybe. Maybe they've got something really big coming up and they've just read a really shitty comment and you've just absolutely destroyed their mood. I'm saying that because I've been there and I go through it every day of my life, every day of my life. I get people saying to me, Harps, you get so much love, though, so how do you get hate? Really? 
you really get a lot of negative comments because I love everything you do I get these messages every day but it's mad that people don't realize and see that I also get the opposite every day it's not here and there I don't get it once in a blue moon I don't get you know a, a nasty thing to see here and there I get it every single day no matter where it is and you know there used to be times where I'd cry myself to sleep wouldn't be able to hack it I used to wake up on the morning going, I'm going to quit. Oh, I don't want to do this job anymore. I want to get off. I'm gonna, I, many, many times, many times in my life have I had that moment. And then you think about it. And, you know, I'm quite lucky and blessed in the fact, in the sense that I've got a very tight knit circle. I'm, I'm glad that I have a support system and there's certain people I can count on. And those certain people will come into my life and, you know, kind of snap me out of it and be like, you've worked so hard, you're going to quit because of one comment. And I'm going to stress on this because I know there's people out there that go through this as well on a daily basis. You don't have to be in the public eye to get stuff like this. You don't have to be someone famous. You don't have to have a massive following or big numbers to receive bad comments. You, you, anybody get, anyone can get bad comments on so no matter what it is. I get it on anything. It's not just my work. It's not just my job. I get it on my appearance. I get it on how I look. I get it on how I sound. I get it on what I do, on what I wear, on where I am. On what you drink? With. Flipping out, like... <laughs> I can't believe I'm not allowed to breathe because other it's people prop- think... It's that property yeah. thing, isn't it? It's, it's that property thing. It's because, it's... Yeah. And it's because people think, one, I need to live my life a certain way. And it's two, just because I'm in the public eye, I've got a massive responsibility now of just pleasing them and what they want me to do. I'm not here to do that. I am not here to do that. And I'm sick and tired of reading these kind of comments where people think it's fine to do it because it makes their day a little bit better. Well, I'll tell you what, if whoever is listening and if you ever receive comments like this and could be on anything, you know, if you feel like you're getting bullied as well online, it's a massive thing people need to talk about. It happens more now than it ever has before. It's not okay to be like that. Mm. But one thing I've learned is the people that do it, and I know people say this, but you don't really sink it in. I have now sunk it in. Those people literally have nothing else to do in their day. Because if they did, they wouldn't have the time to even spare two, three seconds to write out what they're writing or type out what they're typing. I don't have the time in my day to do that. I don't have time because I'm so busy. I'm occupied. I've got things to do. I've got a life. I've got, you know, Mm. things I need to be occupied with. These people clearly don't have that. It's either that or it's they don't have what you've got and they want it. And I've only just realized that now. And sadly, I'm very sorry for those people and I sympathize with those people because they could change their lives if they wanted to. They can be in positions other people mm. are if you wanted to work for it. But, you know, I, I do struggle with that. I, I find it harder now than ever before to balance all of that. It's it's the hardest thing. You can kind of, I mean, I, I don't know how it is for you. I mean, like, I, I, I whew, that's kind of deep there. Um, mm-hmm. I think, like, my granddad, for example, would be going, why read it? And then you got, Joe Rogan, for example, is probably the biggest in terms of from the podcasting one. He, he just refuses to read any comments and stuff himself. Mm-hmm. But they're like, uh, you know, what's for me, you know, your alarm bells is like, it's probably like different for, for certain people when they're trying to get help and support. Um, because some of the things that people are getting, they're quite relatable. But if you're in the public eye, there's only a, only a few people in terms of your peers who you can get help and support from. So do you do you actively have those conversations with your peers to say like this is what it is because I'm sure some of them 
are probably in the same situation or have been in there because it'd be very difficult. If I was trying to give you advice, I could only give you some general kind of ingredients. Yeah. But where the depths is are people that I just can't relate to in terms of being so famous or sorry, so much in the public eye in that aspect that every angle of your life is trying to get dissected. Those guys might be in that similar position. Do you, are you able to have those conversations? Because I feel like I need to ask that question just to make myself feel a bit mm. better that you're actually speaking. Yeah. I, firstly, for someone who gets judged on a daily basis, no matter what I do or what it is, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to kind of figure out who's the best person to talk to. Do you know what I mean? So because I'm thinking of so many things and there's so many things spinning in my mind and I'm I'm like, who do I go to? Who do I talk to? And, you know, I, w- I will speak to, you know, my, my close ones, people that I think I can open up to, whether that be friends or, you know, um, family members, whoever it may be. But what I've also realised is as much as it's important to talk, which it definitely is because I'm all for mental health, you know, I'm still going through it myself. It's it's also very difficult to just open up to anyone and everyone. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And I'll tell you why, because not everybody gets it. Sadly, that is the sad part of life. Like when you need to speak to someone and you sit and you do speak to someone, not everybody understands what you're actually meaning by it. They're not, they're not, you know, breaking down everything that you've just said to understand it to the same level that you do, because they're not in it. They're not in your shoes. They're not in your position. They're not living that moment. They're not going through what you're going through. That's why people say, people you know sometimes you only relate to people that you know that have similar situations going on as you you know like if I had a specific situation happening in my life right now and I knew someone else was going through it if I spoke to them they'd understand because they'd be like yeah I'm going through the exact same thing but if I spoke to like one of my other friends who's got no idea what's going on and I'm telling her of course she'd listen of course everybody's got you know close friends that will be there for you and they'll sit there and you know tell you that I'm on the other end of the phone anytime you need me really deep down inside they're not really understanding what you're going through they'll listen and they will give you advice and they will give you tips I'm the same I will try and help other people where I can but I not I might not be fully grasping how they're feeling because I'm not in that situation so what I've learned from it is definitely do speak to people that you're comfortable talking to no matter what the situation whether they can help you or not talking is important very important even if it's just to let it off your chest let it off your mind just so that you feel a bit lighter it's so important because otherwise when you're bottling things up inside because again I've done it and I still do it sometimes I'll have days where I want to do that you feel so so anxious your anxiety kicks in and your brain's about to explode because you don't know where to go with it now because you don't know because you've just left it in here and in here nobody you don't know where to turn where do I go now because I'm gonna burst we've all had days like that so that's where you have to speak but one thing I will definitely, definitely advise having, you know, this is talking from personal experience and current personal experience is please seek for, you know, professional help as well. It's never a bad thing. I know it's sometimes looked bad upon, you know, from certain people or certain ages, certain generations will think, what do you need to do that for? Something's wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you, first of all. Everybody just needs a little bit of extra help sometimes in how to deal with certain situations and how to cope with certain stuff. And I'm talking therapy, counselling, you know, maybe it's medical help that you need to go for. It's all right to do those steps. It's okay to take those steps. 
please don't ever think that if someone tells you you need to go for a little bit of help that there's something wrong with you because I used to be like that when I used to get told all the time perhaps maybe you should go for a bit of help maybe you should go for therapy I used to flip and I hate that I used to do that I used to really get angry about it I was like why why do you think there's something wrong with me there's nothing wrong with me am I mental first thing you think of is am I mental you shouldn't be thinking like that those aren't the words we should be using anyway but I'm guilty of it I've been there but I've also realized that therapy and things like that even if they don't solve your situation they don't make the situation better they are helping you how to cope they are teaching you how to deal with things they're teaching you you know certain ways of thinking and sometimes you just need that from someone who's not connected to you in any sort of way because they're not judging you and you know no matter what you say to them and what you're offloading that person is never going to get insulted hurt upset or whatever other emotion you want to think of because they've got no connection to you so what I'm saying is as much as it's important to speak to people that you're close to it's also okay to speak to someone that you have no idea who they are just because they're listening from a different perspective it is fine to do that I do it I still do it and I think it's the best way for anyone to deal with just life in itself things get hard all the time life gets harder as you get older and you know these things take over but I I'm stressing mental health now because it, I just think it's something that everyone needs to talk about way more. I know we're saying we're raising awareness more now than ever, mm. but I still don't think it's enough. I think we've all got a very long way to go. Yeah, t- talking therapies in general, and then when you break it down to kind of South Asian communities, is just such yeah. a such a minefield. Like my background where I've worked in in terms of addictions and. Um, yeah. you know, cocaine use or alcohol and within family trying to breach subject. I, I just, I just, if you look at the core, the core ingredients of what those kind of conversations are like needed, it's like environment, there's trust, there's honesty. There's how many people can people rely on in terms of to have mm. those conversations? I think it's really crucial that if you kind of, look at it and just say okay what areas am I lacking what areas do I want to improve on and to and to actively try and actively participate to get to yeah. those to bring bring that sangat then sangat's the probably yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. is to get yep. get everyone together that actual that that crew to to help guide you because at the end of the day if they're coming from a position of love if they're coming out from that position of trust you know that they don't mean anything bad for me sometimes you have to yep put your faith into someone else in order to you know get that advice you know because yeah 100% we've all been idiot I've been a proper dick back in the day you know the way I am and maybe I was one of those who's written comments or maybe I've been like this to you know sworn at someone or been like mm-hmm. that but I think it's something what Hajar Bangle said on my very first show is that if you're still being the same doing the same behaviors as you were doing 10 years ago you haven't grown whether that's in terms of maturity pressure dealing with all these kind of things and being open to say actually i'm spinning all these plates but sometimes it's actually good to let a few smash yeah that is a, yeah. those kind of advice is like as a parent now i find it you know sometimes i struggle to try and balance all my stuff mm. um it's hard to do it's it's very hard to do to say i'm going to let this let this smash and just let that spin for a little bit longer yeah and, you know, I've, I really like the way you put that, actually, to be honest. And that's something I will probably take forward as well. I've, I will take that away from this. And you're right. It's OK. Sometimes, you know, you're balancing a billion things at once in your life. But if one problem seems to 
feel like it's you know taken over a little bit more it's fine to focus on that for you know more than the others I just think sometimes we get so wrapped up in what other people think and what other people are going to say and how they're going to take it and how they're going to react we're always we've always had this thing in built in us in our culture what other people think feel and say and it's all it all comes back to this it all comes back to mental health again it, because we're constantly worried about what other people think you know and I think this is why I keep saying no matter how uncomfortable you feel sometimes around your family or your friends about talking to them about certain situations please don't feel that that's the time to give up then and now we just can't talk to anyone that's why I keep saying there's other avenues and other places for you to 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 go down to get that help because sadly we do see this a lot in our culture where people don't feel comfortable about talking and that's why awful things happen that's why certain things shouldn't be happening in life more and more you know devastating heartbreaking stories come out all the time and I personally think it all comes back down to people just not feeling comfortable to actually sit down and have these conversations and sit down in you know your households or whoever the situations might be with we don't sit down and say can we just talk about it can we sort it out can we clear the air can we break the ice whatever it might be because we automatically assume certain people won't understand, certain people do not get it. And maybe certain generations are to blame for that as well because they don't make you feel comfortable. They're not making you feel like it's okay for you to approach them. And that's another thing that we all need to like, you know, learn and and teach people as well. Like this, it all comes back down to just mindset for me. I just think some people just don't grasp how important it is to let allow people to approach you in the way they need to approach you when you're hearing people struggling or when you see the signs and you know that someone's you know in, a, in need of a bit of help or they're screaming for help or they're reaching for help in ways that you never thought you know you'd ever see be that person for them do something about it don't, don't just sit there and ignore it because what I've learned over time you know I'm not I don't want to give up medical like you know advice I'm not a doctor but I'm just talking from personal experience, but what I've what I've come to understand is stress and depression are two different things. And until people don't understand that, we're not going to get anywhere. We will not move from this one spot because everybody thinks it's the same thing and it's not. Everybody's stressed. I don't think I'll ever come across anyone in my life that's never been stressed. It's impossible to find someone who's not stressed. Stress mm. comes every day of your life. Depression doesn't. Depression doesn't hit everyone. And it definitely has levels to it. You know, depression is different. And I think when people don't feel comfortable in talking, that's why these horrible things happen. Mm. And please, whoever's listening, just take something away from that if you can. It's just talk to the people you feel you can. And if you can't, don't think that's the end then. Like, that's it now. I'm, I'm going to yeah. give up on everything in my life. Because people do that. Sadly, it's really sad to see that's that is what people are doing and I hate seeing it I've seen too much of it in my life maybe that's why I get really like passionate mm. about it because you know I've seen I've seen people quit their jobs I've seen people leave their families I've seen people move move away like move countries because they've given up I've seen people pass you know I've lost people that are close to me because of situations like this they're not here anymore and it hurts me because it all comes back down to this again because nobody feels comfortable to talk about things or to sort things out and we don't take it seriously and mental health is a very serious thing that we need we need to start addressing and educating ourselves on as well do you think it's like i 
I think it's kind of moved from actually having people having sympathy, but more empathy. Yeah. Because I think I think that for me, if that shift in in that change of emotion will ha- will kind of make it a real big steps because not you know there's probably certain things that you want to speak out about but you can't you there's certain things from that but understanding being empathetic to that person to say look you might you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes you don't know what you're doing around there you don't know the conversation very easy targets to kind of be mentioned all that time and and, and I think that's I, that's the kind of thing that where I've seen it is where people on higher platforms or social bigger platforms want to say stuff have these kind of things but just cannot because of simply because yeah. of circumstance yeah 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 circumstances obviously you know the most obvious reason but then there's also the reasons like just being in the public eye knowing that you're you're so easily accessible for people to reach out to it's so hard to then open up as well because then you don't want people judging you straight away because you're scared people People get scared of saying things, you know. I'm sometimes I'm sometimes scared of being too opinionated out in the open because people take it a completely different way and they'll twist your words, and it's harder for people like us on that platform because then we're the ones that have to deal with it. We have to then read everybody's, you know, rubbish that comes along with it afterwards. So that does play a massive part. It definitely does. Like you know, the the the. No, I don't like saying the higher platform. You're no one's bigger than anyone else. I hate using words like that. But like when you're on national platforms and you're yeah. in. You know, you're in a you're in a space where, you know, anyone can target you. We are easy targets. That's probably the perfect way to say it. It's not nice to make them feel uncomfortable, even if they are opening up. So when someone of that caliber is trying to talk or is trying to share an opinion or share their thoughts or open up a little bit about certain stuff, respect it. Respect that that person has those feelings. Respect that they have those thoughts because they're just human like you. They're no different, and I think that's that's another problem in this in this industry anyway in particular I feel like we're we're treated like we're meant to be machines like we're robots you know we're you can't talk you can't have an opinion you can't say that why do you think like that why can I not why can I not I'm allowed an opinion I am on this earth just like everybody else you know I'm not here just for one purpose you know and and I keep saying that because people keep there's certain people that think that's all you here for I mean I'm here just to just to entertain for the rest of my life yes I would love to carry on doing it but I'd also like to feel like a human being Mm. and not you know not a machine because I sometimes get you know stopped to talk too much here and there or judged for what I'm saying or if I have opened up somewhere then people jump on that they'll they'll listen to one thing and they'll grasp it and that's it it'll go a mile Mm. and there's no need for it to go that far is what I'm saying there's no need for one comment there might be something I've said in this today that might someone might just grab it and take it in a completely different way and it'll go on for bloody days. And I've seen that happen yeah. and I just sit here going, why do you do that? Why do you do that? I, I think it's in terms of where it's that headline kind of industry, isn't it? It's the headline mm-hmm. kind of culture that's in there to say like, I ain't going to take the time to read the, uh, like listen to the whole fucking story. I'm just going to take what I want to hear and just run with that. And then whatever yeah. I'm going to, whatever, what, whatever, perception that I've got I'm going to ignore the rest of it I'm just going to wait for that other one thing just to reinforce mm. that way and then I'll write that's it I've got that kind of stereotype to kind yeah. of work for I mean like I just going to want to kind of just uh, digress uh, slightly in terms of like it's about balancing again it's where you're going in with the music especially because that's one of your biggest passions that's very very clear yeah. how you how you balance like being 
where you are, speaking with all these other artists and seemingly keeping it all, all, all <laughs> stable. Cause like I fail miserably. I'm um like th- that the music game for me is just really, really I just couldn't work it. I just could not deal with with some stuff. And the way that how you deal with it, um, you know, I was just like I sometimes I sit back, I was like, you know, because you know some of the backstories. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How is it? How how do you do it? <laughs> oh, what a great question. How do I do it? I actually don't know. Um it's like what they say, with the good comes the bad as well, right? You've got to experience a lot of hard situations sometimes with the things that shine. But how do I put this? I need to be careful how I word this. Yeah, yeah. I just think all that glitters isn't gold. And what I mean by that is anything that you see on the outside that looks so shiny, like, for example, the music scene, you know, the industry, your favourite artists, your, you know, your favourite concerts, your favourite shows, wherever you go and you see all this shiny, shiny stuff. It's not always what you think it is behind the scenes. And sometimes that is really, really hard to work with and to work in because that's what my industry is, right? I absolutely love music. I can't live without music. Not a day or a minute goes by in my life where I haven't got music in my life. But you you do learn a lot of a lot of horrible nasty stories behind the scenes about a lot of things and situations and the way the world works of course but that's like with anything I can't say that just about music it's probably with anything Mm. you know not everything is just what it seems when you look at it from the outside but when you know you've got a motive and you know you've got an end goal and you know what you're trying to achieve from it that's got to be your focus and that's that's how I deal with my situations you know when I see stuff I don't want to see or I hear things I don't want to hear or I experience you know experience something that I didn't want to experience I've got to try and ignore it sometimes because work is work at the end of the day and you've got to try and keep that separate and I think that's where sometimes things get messy again I want to say that about any industry in any field when you start mixing your emotional feelings and your personal thoughts and feelings with work everybody knows that doesn't mm. that doesn't work does it that's where that's where mess mm. happens so and of course I've been there you know in times where I've struggled you know I'll, I'll let my my personal feelings get in the way but you've got to learn to balance and separate work from gum from is gum gum is gum, gum. Is gum man yeah you gotta get your work work is working it you gotta get your work done at the end of the day so just going on to like uh, just the last couple of bits really which is um you know you've you've got that side but Saturday mashup you know, doing all your TV work. And I remember messaging uh, once to you saying, like, we're in a lodge. I was with the kids. And um, it, there was just I remember nothing this. To the, yeah, yeah, there was nothing to <laughs> And all of a sudden, looking at TV, I was like, hot. I said, oh, this hot. And like my, my son and daughter, they're sitting there just like, and they go, oh, do you, do you? I said, yeah, I spoke to it. And then, like, obviously, <laughs> we went, went through the voice notes there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was at that point in terms of, like, impact that, you know, I always remember as kids of like growing up and having, you know, whenever you think of a childhood memory, there's a couple of things. You're always smiling and the weather, it never rains. So when you think about it, so like, you know, going into this side, have you seen, do you experience this complete different change from the atmosphere that you work in? Or was it, is it harder to work on TV and to balance it all up? 
it's harder in the sense, um, like technically it's harder. The like 90 pages. Lot, the 90 yeah, pages, yeah, 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 yeah. My 100 page script. 100 page, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that speaks for itself, basically, is what I mean by harder. You know, I'm not saying radio is not hard. There's a lot of hard work and effort that goes into it. But TV is a completely different ball game. Um, you know, one, you can see me. I'm so used to being on radio. It doesn't matter what I look like, what I'm wearing. I don't care. I could be sat there. You wouldn't have a clue. I used to work you at just... Radio XL, and it was a good job. Some of them were on radio. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, but you see, that's what I mean. Like, I yeah. I, I can go into work sometimes looking like a right day. I don't... I, yeah, but you would never know that. So I wouldn't stress about those kind of things, is what I'm saying. But with TV, there's so much more you've got to think about. The 100-page script, the no autocue. You know, um, my show doesn't have autocue. So for anybody that thinks I'm reading off the screen, I am not. Um, so, you know, learning all of that in one day, because I only have Fridays for my rehearsals. It's the first day I feed the script. Um, and we've got about eight, nine hours to try and get through it. The the fact that you know you're going to be seen doesn't seem like a big deal to people when I say it like that until you're doing it you'll be like I need to look on form I need to no I'm not saying you need to look great that's not what I'm saying you need to be presentable obviously but you also need to look in terms of expressions like you're excited and you're happy to be on on screen because if you're so used to being on radio you forget that those expressions no one's actually seeing them you, you might be doing them and no one's seeing it. So it's you're not conscious of it. But on TV, I've learned that actually when I'm expressing, people are seeing my expressions. So there can't be times where, you know, maybe I'm daydreaming into space because it's not my cue. You know, I can't be doing that when I know I'm on camera. Little, little things like that, like I'm learning and I'm picking up on. So TV in that aspect is harder. Different energy. Is it different? But it's like completely different energy. Completely yeah. different energy. Everybody, again, I'm going to go back to what people, you know, the most common comment I get from people is, I love your energy. How do you get your energy? All of this. I don't sleep much, surprisingly. So surprise, surprise to anyone that didn't know that. I sleep about four hours before I do my show and I nap in the day where I can. I'm an insomniac. Little fun facts for you. I don't sleep. Yeah, I don't sleep. I don't drink tea or coffee. So I'm not a caffeine person for those thinking you must be running off coffee. Absolutely not. I really drink green tea and desi jar here and there. You ever tried peppermint? Peppermint is nice as well, actually. Peppermint is good for you. I did, um, this, I did this world tour of peppermint. So wherever I've did been. Did you? Yeah, I, I had my gallbladder taken out. Uh, what was year oh, wow. oh, yeah, in January. Yeah. Um, but it was like this one thing that I realised that, you know, for bloatiness was to have peppermint tea. Ah. So wherever where I was travelling or wherever I go, I just have peppermint. It's always on my Insta. There's only me and another guy called Amar. About bar yeah. from like beats by lines, yeah, me yeah, and yeah. Him just do this uh, competition of wherever we are. It's peppermint tea. Trust me, once really, you got, yeah, peppermint tea is the biggest thing that helps cleanse and um, uh, stop bloating. It's, it's better than all the other stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely noting that one down as well. I'll send you. That's... I'll show you the picture. There's a particular brand. Yeah, that please you have do. To get. You've got to do. Please it. do. The first please drink do. in the morning. Honestly, sorry, were you? Yeah, no, you no, got, but no coffee, do. nothing like that. Yeah, this is good to know, though. That's good to know. So yeah, I don't run off any of that. I purely run off adrenaline, and I'm lucky that I have a lot of adrenaline because if I didn't, I would struggle a lot. But it's the excitement takes over for me. Like you know, when I walk into my radio studio, I'm, I'm the same. Then I walk in and be like, yeah, I'm buzzing. Like mm. I'm buzzing now. <laughs> you know, but I, I might not be before I walk through the door. I could be like half asleep. Sometimes I am. It takes me half an hour, an hour to wake up. But the minute my fader goes up, that's it. That adrenaline yeah, comes, the same thing. In. But on TV, it's even more. I feel like it's double, triple that. And 
what makes it even more exciting is it's live. I'm not doing a pre-recorded show. My, my TV show on a Saturday morning is all live. So anything can happen. Anything can go wrong. And if it's happened, it's happened. <laughs> so it's, it's one of, but I kind of, I kind of get a buzz out of that as well because it makes me work harder. It makes me want to do better because I know I've only got one shot at getting this right now. You know, so the energy is different. But the calm down on that must be even oh, worse then. <laughs> I crash. Don't even ask about how I crash mm. at the end. It's, it's bad. And especially if you're going to so- go and do DJing at the night as well, oh. then you're like, oh, forget about it. It's a mess. That's why sometimes, you know, when I finish the shirt, talking like I, I switch off that much I'm not engaging in any conversation if someone speaks to me it's gone right over my head and they'll ask me again they'll be like did you even listen to what I said and I'll be like no mate I'm sorry right now I'm, I'm just I'm fully dead battery's dead left so yeah 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 I definitely zone out and same with my radio show you know like after radio I've always got a billion other things to do I've always got things booked in you know during the day I've got stuff to do but there'll be a time of the day where I'm crashing and I'll go into shutdown mode and it's like adrenaline has just fully fully stopped but I have to say when with TV I get way more overwhelmed in a different way and it's because sometimes I have to pinch myself even now that that's me and I, that, I've just done that and I'll tell and I'll tell you why more so now because this weekend just gone we celebrated well TV kids TV we're celebrating 45 years of kids TV and it didn't hit me until this weekend just gone, when everyone at work was talking about it, oh, guys, you know, we're going to go big on it this weekend because we celebrate 45 years and, you know, now we're going to make a VT of, like, all the past shows on Saturday morning TV over the years. Like, you know, literally, we're going back since when we were little, you and know, the programs that we were watching. Yeah, like, and, and when I realised that, hold on a minute, we're going to go back that far, VT is going to end on me. It sounds really weird pointing out like that, but in my head it was like going to show that the current presenters, one of them is me, and I'm I'm waking up kids down on a Saturday morning. My mind was like, I went, I had an emotional breakdown the morning before we went live because I just couldn't stop. So sad, I couldn't stop crying. I was sat in my bedroom going, I can't believe it. Like that, it's actually a bigger deal than what it is in my head sometimes. Like, I know I go week in, week out doing what I do and I love it, you know, but I'm so caught up with life at the same time. Like, it doesn't, I don't want to say I don't appreciate it. I do, but I don't think I realise what I'm actually doing sometimes. The the magnitude. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not understanding it sometimes how big it actually is. And it's taken me, what, it's coming up to nearly two years now of me doing this TV show. And it's it's taken me now to realise that all these people I grew up watching on kids' TV, like Zoe Ball and Dick and Dom and Andy Peters and Noel Edmonds, all these people that I've watched, you know, when, when I was younger, I'm one of them now. And I can't believe when people say to me, Harps, there's going to be kids that grow up to say I used to watch Harps. That doesn't sit with me that well straight away because I think I'm still trying to digest it. I'm, I don't see myself like that in front of other people. And if you know me on a personal level, which I really hope some, you know, some of you eventually do get to know because it's very easy for people to just judge me from outside thinking I'm this, that, whatever. If you really know me as a person, I don't deal with stuff like that very well. I don't, I find it really weird. I find it, I find it hard to kind of digest because I don't, I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just a really weird feeling. I feel like I just want to be normal sometimes. I I just want to be like, 
you know, your normal girl. Yeah, thanks for watching me on TV, that kind of person. Not not when they go into it, but I know that it's all out of love. I, 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 bet, that... I bet you're a barrel of laughs at wedding. <laughs> 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 Everyone's looking, oh, this is, this is. <laughs> you know, the amount I get spotted now, Ricky, it's a joke, but I don't like it. This is yeah. what I'm saying. I don't like it. My friends and stuff will tell you, like, if you're with me and I'm in a specific place and someone spots me now, whether it's because they listen to my show or they've heard my voice because I do hear from a lot of people that hear me before they see me because I'm that bloody loud. Um, or if it's because of TV, I get really like, I don't know what to say to people who come up to me, but I don't ever want people, if you're one of them people that's come up to me, please don't ever take anything that I've done or reacted to heart because I genuinely find it hard to sometimes just understand that, 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 that moment in time because it sinks into me afterwards. But I, I, I'll tell you, I, so, I know someone like a very, very uh, like good, 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 good mate of mine where he couldn't go to like his local Nando's where he used to get filmed mm. and it was like, it used to be put and he was like, I only, I didn't realise it until I was with him and I just saw him kind of shrivel up and I was like, oh, we need to go to somewhere. Else. Like he hasn't orchestrated it. I bought him, bought him to this yeah, yeah, yeah. Nando's to eat. Or he's gone, can't go to certain places because it's just, it's just an absolute mess. And I, and it's just like this guy, it's like this guy, and you could just see him slightly. Yeah. Just, and I'm like, you feel bad. You know, it, it, bad. yeah, it's weird because like my family and friends feel like that around me now. If it happens, you know, I'm not Beyonce at all, but it's you. It's mad how many people you realize actually follow your work and watch your stuff and mm -hmm. appreciate what you do and I'll always be thankful for that because without them I'm what am I I'm no one there's no point in me doing my job if I don't have these people in my life so I'm very thankful and I appreciate it but even they find it so weird when that happens because obviously to them I'm just hearts it's just yeah. you're just hearts to us and I like that but I wish what I'm trying to say is I wish I was just the hearts to other people not a star because when they start treating you like this star being in positions like you just said you know with your friend i've been in situations like that where it gets too much and i just want to hide you want to hang, like, you like you, it you want to have a conversation with my missus yeah because like obviously like this is nothing anyway um what did this podcast but sometimes you get the stats of where people have listened to it she <laughs> cracks up she's like going you, I had like 50 people in Romania once or something like that. Or there's like <laughs> in, in, in India where this picks up. And she goes, Rick, there's actually people out there every week who's looking for when's the next episode of that. And she just, it just starts, she starts laughing. Just starts so about how nice is that? Yeah, That's no, it, so nice. Yeah, no, to me, to me, I just started <laughs> laughing. I was like, oh no, I can't believe, you know, whatever it is. And it must be some paid sponsor or something. No, but, no, but, you, should, but, no, but you shouldn't think like that. No, no, it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's just <laughs> literally funny. It's just like, okay. And you just think like, how many real happening like podcasts out there? There's not many. There's some good guys mm. who are doing it. I've interviewed a couple as well. So it's like, yeah. it's good. It's there. Right, I'm going to come on to the last bit now. Um, yeah. So this is called The Bandwagon. Um, okay. So ev at um, every interview, I um, basically say to the guest, I say, listen, is there a bandwagon that you like to jump on? Or is there a bandwagon that you'd like to jump off? Or Ooh. if you can't answer any of them, is there anything that you want to discuss? <laughs> that's the get-out. That's, the get, <laughs> that's, the get that's a really hard question. I'm trying to think. It's really hard about that. What kind of things have people said before, just out of interest? Um, so, some people got really 
uh, kind of like gone into like oh the whole social media stuff and that which we've kind of mm. covered. There's there's other. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm trying to remember like one was like legalizing cocaine, so that was that was um, mm. a weird one. Um, but very I, weird under, one. Understandable because <laughs> I'm from a unique place of my. Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Um. I don't know. Some people have talked about music artists, or someone's talked about a movement. I think people probably were on the bandwagon of like insulate Britain for a second until they started getting stuck for school and then they've jumped off that one. Yeah. God, it's a really tough question. If if there isn't, then is there anything that you'd like to to say? Um, If there's anything I'd like to say, it's going to be deep again, but it's cool. It's just to leave a couple of words with people that are listening or watching is please don't ever judge people so quickly because everybody has stuff going on. Everybody's got things going on in their life. Everybody is battling something or another. And I'm not saying you need to be best friends with everyone. I'm not saying you need to be everyone's like, you know, you don't need to be nice to everyone. I'm not saying that, but just think before you speak sometimes and that could be in any situation I'm not saying just to people like in public eye like me I'm just speaking generally because I feel like these kind of situations and these things are happening more now which is why I'm saying it just think before you do things and before you say stuff because that one thing that you've said could really really hurt someone so bad and I know I've said it before I'm repeating myself but sometimes that little thing can end really bad and it's not worth it and you wouldn't like it if someone did that to you. So I think everybody needs to learn to support one another. If you don't like something, it's better for you to just not say anything. Stay quiet. Keep those kind of opinions to yourself. You know, some people can't cope with with certain situations like that. Sometimes if we're talking about social media, if you read a hundred comments of love and you spot that one comment of hate, we all do it. Well, I'm guilty of it and I still do it. I'll still focus on that one comment of it and I'll ignore all those other hundred people that just sent some really nice messages. But I've, I'm only stressing about it now because I still do it. And I feel like we all just need to learn to get out of this circle is sort stuff out, clear the air, speak to people, seek help where you need it. Don't lose sleep over stuff. It's so bad for you, man. And I think I'm just seeing it too much around me. And I know it's got probably nothing to do with my job, my work, my career. Well, it has a little bit, but this, what I'm saying is probably not linked to that, but I just want to leave those words with everyone because I think these kind of things matter more in life. And those are the kind of things we need to talk about more and spread. So do what makes you happy, but don't hurt anyone along the way because it doesn't, it, it's not worth it and it doesn't get you anywhere. So I'm following your dreams, man. Do, do, do what makes you, makes you feel good and you'll go far. That's it. And thanks for having me. No, thanks, Ops. I really appreciate it. Like you always got open door on this. Um, it's a kind of like sometimes when you go away after doing these kind of things, you kind of wow, you know, you, you it's I'm just, gonna have it's, one of those. Yeah, it's kind of those cathartic, <laughs> in it. I think definitely yeah. we need to get you a sponsor for like tissues and that, the amount that you, you said that you get overwhelmed. So that's hopefully really something do. comes of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, really appreciate it and uh, thanks for taking time out. And I think it's really you know, thanks for kind of supporting like little things like this and, you know, just being accessible and helping out and really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And just thanks to everyone that does support and um, watch what I do and 
send love. It never goes unnoticed. And I always try my best to reply to everyone as well. So thank you. Thanks. Cheers, Mark. Anytime.